Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is episode 285. How can you believe it's 285 episodes since we started back in November 2017? We don't have Capo, Dan. We have got um, all the Cap way from the we've, we, Yeah, Cap on Dell. We, we, we've got Posh Gooner. We've got Dell filling in his spot. Uh, we got our Danish Gooner, um, Alex, and the miserable git, who's just like looking like that because he's winding me up about my pictures. Go on, go on, go on. Just, just, just go. Well, it's nicer like this because my OCD don't kick in about your pictures that ain't straight. So I've... Um... I'm going to sit like this for a bit, and then I won't have to. I won't have to worry about wanting them straightened. Then you see, well, you, you and your straight pictures. Well, that cost me my Wenger picture, which has got damaged because that of you guys. And nothing to do with me at all, and you know it damn well, Fergus. Well, you 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 uh, recommended command strips. No, well, no, I didn't. I said, I use command strips. I use command strips. But unlike you, Fergus, I've got the common sense about me that if a picture's that valuable or a bit heavier, I stick a little look behind it as well, you know. You know what it's called? Which common I, sense, mate. Really which I've since, <laughs> I've since done. But we did see we did see Dell. He was at outside uh, <laughs> in the Emirates, um, and he was in uh, the... Uh, in the armory, I went and saw him after the game, and unfortunately, I couldn't have a lot of time to talk to him because he was inundated with people trying to buy his paintings. But yeah, if if you want to see some of his stuff, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Alex, how are we? I spoke to you last night. You're over for the Porto game. You're over for uh, my birthday, the Liverpool I game. Uh, you yeah. know what? At this rate, you you should be able to vote in this country. You live here more. Yeah, I think that I should. I, I probably could if I um, got the the citizenship as well, which which is which is a possibility. But um, I'm happy for now in in, in Denmark, uh, flying over every every other month, every month. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to to the next couple of trips I've I've got coming up. Um, it feels like it's ages since I've watched Arsenal live. It was it was the Seville trip probably. So mm. it is quite a few months ago so i really look forward to go back over and um and for your birthday of course as well um and have a few beers it's just a couple del um it it feels like a long time since we watch arsenal um like uh alex is talking about like the seville game but it was like the liverpool game and we had a poor christmas what was it like to get back into? And you, you weren't in over Christmas either. What was it like to get back to the Emirates? I mean, win, lose, or draw, it's always great to go down there and uh, cheer on the boys. I mean, yeah, just so good to be back. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on the atmosphere pre and post game and what have you as well. But uh, just wanted to touch. Actually, you said was it 238 episodes this on the podcast today? 285. This is 285. I reckon I'm in double figures now. You know. 
So, uh, <laughs> when I'm up for a testimonial, it's <laughs> you need to get the 300. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah, um, Trev, uh, we met again uh, on Saturday. Um, we we didn't meet beforehand. Uh, we had a couple of pints in in the King's Head afterwards, which was really, really proper old school. It was like an away day. We met Albert and some of the other uh, uh, some of the other guys, uh, Smudger and and so on in in the King's Head. What a good day it was out though. Yeah, Albert's a lovely Arsenal fan. He's a lovely fella, local to to Islington, and uh, he don't miss a game home and away overseas. You see him, he pops up, and the fella's always smiling. Just how us football fans should be. He's always smiling and got time for a chat. He's a great lad, Albert. I re- he's a really nice man. As for the day, well, the early kickoff ruined the woodbine before the game for me, Ferg. As you know, I, I couldn't get into London before half 10, so I went straight to yep. the ground. And uh, unfortunately, I had to have my first pint in the ground, which if you've not had a couple somewhere else to numb the old taste buds a bit, that beer in the ground ain't the best, is it? But... We- I discovered, didn't I, <laughs> to my game. I, th- yeah. I, I thought, I can't have any more of this beer. I'm going to try the cider. And the cider was very nice. So I ended up having an absolute skin full of the stuff on Saturday. It was brilliant. I had a great day. Yeah. Listen, what, what happened on Saturday is the Ashburton Army, um, they ended up having... Um, I, I, I speak to some of the guys on and I'm in communication with some of the guys on there, the, the organisers, and they have... Despite uh, some of the challenges they've had with the club and individuals within the organisation in the club, they have uh, re-engaged very, very well with Arsenal Football Club. Um, hopefully, they'll get a, bit, a, a bigger allocation. But they organised um, Scarf Up for Arsenal and they had this big TIFO, which, to be honest, I thought the TIFO was fantastic. Um, we had North London Forever, uh, with everyone with the scarfs up. I, I said to Trev before uh, we went live, I was a bit confused as to when you put your, your scarf. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. <laughs> you said you're confused, and I said that's difficult to do, isn't it? <laughs> but how good was it, Trev? Uh, it, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Look, right, let, let's face it, Fergus, the atmosphere's been down this season, right, for whatever reason. We... We can talk about it. Everyone's got their own thoughts on it. But the atmosphere has been down. And the Ashburton Army has decided to try something else. Reading on social media, most people praised them. Typical of Arsenal fans. Some people had to accuse them of like trying to copy Liverpool or trying to do this or trying to do that. But the fact of the matter is, all the kids are doing in the Ashburton Army is trying to raise the atmosphere because it needs raising. And it was uh, it was difficult to do on Saturday not only the early kickoff, I just there's something not right there. But I can't put my finger on it, mate. And I don't talk about things at length unless I could, I've got a reason for it. And I really haven't got a reason, Ferg. You know, I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead now, but I'll pull myself back. At the end of that game, and we're going to talk about the end of the game in a bit, aren't we? You know, Hold, hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought, please. No, I, I'm not going to go into the depth at the end of the game. All I'm going to say is we won 5-0, and I'll feed you a line. So at the end of that game, we won 5 0. We're long overdue a win. The stadium was full and bouncing and clapping the players off, weren't it, after a win like that, Ferg? No. Del, um, before the game, I, 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 I will pick up on what Trevor said um, later, but 
uh, before the game on block five, block six, we all tried to get it going and it was difficult. 12.30s are traditionally very, very difficult. People haven't enough beer. It's early. They've just finished their breakfast. They've rushed in. You know, it, it is a bit just awful uh, a fixture time, but it was poor, wasn't it? Oh, it was very poor. Very, very poor. It's, in fact, it's probably the quietest I've seen it since we've been going around there. Not once did anything last more than a minute or so. Um, we tried, like you say, God, we tried. Um, uh, Dan, yourself, me, a few of the other guys as well. Even Trev come over as well, a bit of a sing-song. It just, it just wasn't happening. Yeah, you know, I felt the need to come over and join you. Because yeah, there, there was a desperate shortage of numbers. Yeah, there was. Is, I don't know if there was a shortage of numbers. I think there was a shortage of people who were... What's the, one I'm looking, the word I'm looking for is, but people... Who, I mean, there was the same numbers around Block 5. People you just didn't so. want to sing. Um, and, and I don't get it. I really don't understand it. It was it was very, very I, I, hard work. I saw many of the regular faces, and they were joining in, Del. Um, but I don't know. There's just... Um, it's quite... Uh, there's a lot of apathy about the early kickoffs. I, I, I personally don't like them. I think it really uh, ruins the day. I was on getting on a train uh, at half eight in the morning. I'm only on the outskirts of London to get into Lon uh, London for breakfast and a beer. You're in a pub at before 10. It doesn't seem right, really. I, I'm not that I'm complaining, but it doesn't seem right to be drinking beer at like 10, you 10 in the morning. Right? You said yourself walking down to the stadium, me and you walked down, didn't we? And you said, oh, breakfast uh, with a beer just doesn't sit well. And you were saying mm. you, you were feeling that yourself. So it's uh, <laughs> going to heaven. Go on. <laughs> oh, Don't you lean over, will you? Because that ball crap you're full of will come out your ear. <laughs> <off>. <laughs> you? so, not used to drinking early in the morning. My good God, feed us alive. <laughs> I, do, I do like to try and pace myself, Trevor. <laughs> One one thing I will say though, guys, if I can say it right, um, it takes a little bit of time. Um, we've, we've done it. I mean, a, a, quite a few of us from the podcast have done it uh, over most games. But the food bank is there quite a bit, very often now. Um, just as you come over the, the bridge um, by Block uh, D, I think is Block D and E. Um, what we always make a habit of is just going by the shop, a couple of cans of soup, a couple of tins of beans, whatever it may be, and they are really, really appreciative. Over it. it really does help the local yeah. community. So, if anyone's ever about there, please uh, do something by. And if you can't do it and you want to do it remotely, it's Islington Food Bank Trust. So you can donate, donate to them if you wish as well. Um, Alex, uh, you've been with us uh, several times. You are classified as a tourist. And there's lots of talk about tourist fans. And around all of us, we didn't recognise many people. Do you think tourist fans are an issue in the Emirates Stadium? I can see why they're sort of like the easy target to, oh, it's it's the tourist fault that now the atmosphere is much worse than it was last season because of the ballot. But I'm not sure like how much of an effect the ballot itself has had on on the atmosphere because I feel like it was it was very difficult to get tickets last year as well for regular red red members. Um, which is which it is now as well with the ballot, um, but I just feel like it's it's a bit of a shame to sort of generalize all tourists as people who don't contribute to the to the atmosphere because I know plenty of people who who go uh, from different countries to, to games and contribute and sing their heart out, 
And I know season ticket holders who come every game and don't really like to sing. Um, but I think part of the reason why the atmosphere has dropped as well is last year it was sort of a, a fairy tale where we didn't really expect much of the season and then suddenly we were first and it just kept on going and building. And whereas this year um, we expect a lot of the team and the atmosphere drops quite early in a game um, if we aren't doing too well. Um, so I think that's partly some of the reason as well, um, just how we're, we're playing this season and and the team isn't really living up to the the high expectations the fans has um, on the back end of last season. Trevor, Alex is half our age and he speaks very, very wisely for a young lad. <laughs> yeah, he does. I, Fergus, I'm giving up on, I'm not calling these people tourists anymore. They're not tourists really. They're, they're first time supporters at the ground, you know, and, and it, it's, it is a hard one to work out because these we, Arsenal is, is is a worldwide a worldwide company, right? There are people yeah. all. I I get people messaging me on social media saying I would love to go to the Emirates one day to watch a game. Do you know how lucky you are? You know, and I do know how lucky I am. I'm very lucky. Born and bred North London, they're my team. So these people come from all over the world, and and if they're only in London for for one week and there's an Arsenal game and they're going to do anything they can to get there, right? But are they necessarily the people that don't do the singing? And I'll challenge you with something that's happened to me twice now, right? I go to New York, right? If there's an Arsenal game on, I go to the Arsenal pub in New York, right? And a lot of them people in there have never been to an Arsenal game, but you go in there and they are as passionate as any of us. And they stand in that bar singing the songs all game. Immediately they sound a bit strange with an, with an American accent. <laughs> but nonetheless, they're there and they're singing and screaming and shouting. And it's the same in, in, in Melbourne, in Australia. You know, they get up in the middle of the night and they go to the pub and, and they watch games and they sing and they scream and they shout. That sounds even stranger with an Australian accent, let me tell you. But they do it. So is that is that really the problem? Or is there a bigger picture we're not getting, right? I mean, I mean, I've got season ticket holders that I know, one or two, that wouldn't even sing a song. I, I, and I, I've, I've challenged them before over the years and years and years. Come on, have a scream and a shout, because I always do, you know, when I'm in there. And they don't. They won't. And, and are they a problem? Or are they someone that's got every right to be at a football game the same as we have? And it's down to us people that do like to sing to raise it. I don't. I, I, I didn't want to get too deeply into this, Fergus, because I haven't got an answer. But that's a, my overall view, anyway, mate. It, it it's really interesting to hear your view, and it's quite ironic that um, Dell's just come back from New York and been to our Handlands and what was the other bar you were in as well. So you've experienced it firsthand out in America. What what it's like watching an Arsenal game. Um, which game did you see when you were out there? Um, I want to say it was Sevilla because I think Alex had my tickets. Yes, it would yes, have been. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. And so what, was, uh, what was that like with, with, with these so-called tourists? Um, and I'll caveat that with as well, just to to um, type of um, distinguish the difference. There's Arsenal fans from all, all over the world, and then there's tourists. Tourists are 
the American couple that were behind me at the PSV game who were talking about NHL, NBA, uh, uh, and gone soccer ball and this, that, and the other. Um, the guy who was beside me, who paid £200 for his ticket, a £40 ticket on Saturday, and he left when we were 2-0 down. And equally, the guy who uh, met me and Dan, hang on a second, uh, Trev, the guy who met me and Dan, his beaming face was like this. A Japanese chap, I think he was, a Korean. And he fist-bumped us and he said to me and, uh, uh, and Dan, hi, um, I'm an Arsenal fan. I have been an Arsenal fan for 10 years. This is my first time I've ever seen Arsenal live in the stadium. I'm so excited. He took a couple of pictures, put his phone in his pocket. He stood there for the whole game. He sung every song he could sing. And at the end, he was down the front, where me and Dan normally are, and clapping the team off. That's, I have no issue with those, those tourists. It's the guy who paid two and quit and pissed off at 2-0. Two, two I have an issue with no. Yeah, um, it's, uh, the, the thing is, I've, I've got to say, I mean, I've been in that sim situation as a tourist, not a football be it, but when I've been over in America going to watch other sports yeah. where I think because I'm here, I want to go to Madison Square Garden, I want to see a game because it's the thing to do, right? Um, yeah. And I've got no doubt in my mind, there's probably genuine fans who couldn't get tickets, but I've paid over the odds to get a ticket. So I also, I, I understand it. I'm not saying it's the right thing, but I understand it. Um Ultimately, like you say, you've got different types of fans, right? But you, that could be home and away. So we, we can call them, whatever you want to call them, tourists. We can call them season ticket holders. Ultimately, Trevor said it himself, there's people out there who have been season ticket holders for years who won't sing. But there are tourists, if you will, who will sing. Ultimately, I think everybody's welcome at our club, which is what makes us such a great club. But how do we get around the atmosphere? I, very similar to Trevor. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But all we can do is our part. And sometimes that's hard work. Saturday was extremely hard work. After the first song failed, the second song failed. Did we stop? No, we went again with a third and a fourth. And then before you know it, it comes to kick off and was like, okay, well, we tried, we move on. We just got to keep doing what we do. Same as the Ashburn Army, the great group of lads, whether they do everything by the book or whatever people think of them, they're trying to do the right thing. We're doing something similar in Block 5 and trying to push mm. the atmosphere. And if, yeah. if, if I've got a first time... Um, supporter at that stadium from wherever he's from in the world, if he's standing next to me and wants to sing a song, my arms are open. Let's sing a song together. Except one song. Do you know what, Ferg? <laughs> you know what, Ferg? In all my time of hearing him talk, that's the first time I've heard Jamie O'Hara talk since. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Jamie. Very funny. <laughs> Go on, Look, Jamie. Right. See, <laughs> in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it is something that we should discuss because it has changed massively. And my view has changed a bit, right? And I do think that when the Ashburton Army were in their last season and they were getting however many tickets and a few more joining them around the edges, that undoubtedly got the stadium going. I, I have mm -hmm. no doubt about that, right? They, and they've while, had 120 and they're now cut down to 52. Yeah, well, there you go, right? 120 and probably the people that have got tickets elsewhere that went around to cram in there, as they do, well, yeah. I won't expand on that. That I have no doubt, absolutely no doubt, that they lifted the atmosphere last season, right? And they're trying their hardest this season. You know, from that perspective, I praise them and praise them. What I can't get my head around is, right, Arsenal fans that have been going for years that have seen... 
they've seen how important that atmosphere was last season. It wasn't just us fans that appreciated it. Arteta talked about it regularly, almost weekly. Almost every home game, Arteta would say, this atmosphere is changed. It is so important, right? The players, um, the players singing along with North London forever. Martin Odegaard, the first skipper we've had in years that makes sure he's always the last off the field and appreciates the players. And God, I felt for him Saturday after the game, let me tell you. I, what I can't work out is, if we've seen it all last year, how can these fans let that atmosphere drop? You know, I was in block seven on Saturday, an old fella shouting and screaming me head off, and I'm really struggling to get anybody around me going. And I'm thinking, mm. come on, you know, come on. We ain't had a win in weeks. We've had a terrible Christmas, which I'm gutted about. We've, we've not had a win, and we're turning up at half time, and there's no atmosphere. I'm thinking, come on, come on, your team is performing for you. We're nowhere near where we should be at the minute, I know, but we were winning a game of football, right? Tune at half time, looking good, and I still can't see the crowd lifting. And don't start me about the end of the game yet, Fergus. Don't start. Oh, we, 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 we'll do that. We'll do that. Look, we're 20 minutes in and we haven't even started about the football. Let's talk about the game itself. We won 5 0, as you said. It's five goals. You know, this was the lineup. We had Raya in goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, um, uh, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Saka, um, Trossard, Jesus. And take that down, will you, please? Albert, love you, but I can't see uh, the whole oh, thing. Sorry. And Jesus. <laughs> um, but also, we, we we had a, a major, major influence on our game, and it was the twelfth man. And unfortunately, this time it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, the fans. It was Nicholas Jover. Uh, Alex, talk to me about our set piece uh, coach because the first two goals. I know the second goal was deemed uh, an own goal, but for me, I've seen it back, and they're both Gabrielle's goals in my view. Yeah, I think. By half time, it was Nicholas Jova to Crystal Palace nil. Um, I mm. think probably the break we've had, um, they've just um, repetitively um, done set piece training um, in Dubai, and the players spoke themselves after the game. They've they've really worked on it, and I mean we are we are really good at set pieces. We're the best in the league, um, and it's it's just really important when we're struggling to score. Um, in other ways, which we we had been the last couple of games to um, score from something like set pieces, um, and uh, I think important it was as well to score within the first ten minutes of the game because, um, like I said earlier, um, the atmosphere mightn't have gotten even more flat uh, if we wouldn't have scored it inside the first ten minutes. And I mean, the last thing we wanted was a West Ham deja vu. Um, where we just it just kept on going and we couldn't take our chances. So really important that we scored within the first ten minutes, and um, just brilliant that we keep on scoring from set pieces. Agreed. I was I was with Dan was beside me. He was not in his season ticket uh, normal seat. He was like squatting in block five as usual, Dale. Um, and uh, I said to him that we we needed to get an early goal. It was uh, a very convincing uh, first half. Um, in the sense of the pressure, uh, but um, the set pieces and the set piece goals—did that worry you that we didn't get any goals from like you know open play? 
So funny you said that because one of the things um, I've just got, I've just got to touch on this actually. When for that first goal, Albert was sat next to me for the first time. Albert, pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. It was a great day. Um, and He's only twenty-one. <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when Rice went to take the corner, he said, "Why is Rice taking the corners?" And then as soon as the goal, when he went. That's why. All right, oh, I got I got that one wrong. Yeah, Le- 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 Leanne said it in the chat earlier as well. <laughs> as, as the game progressed, I did say um, uh, to Albert, I just said, "Look, I said it's great." I said, "But I'm still a little bit concerned about the lack of um, uh, open play." And yes, I know we scored too late in the game. I mean, by that time, though, Crystal Palace have, have given up. They're um, they're tired. Um, they're, they're just giving up, right? Um, they were three 0 down. A few minutes to go into injury time. Um, yeah, it is a concern still. Um, I think against higher opposition, we that it's a totally different game. Um, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one. I, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Trevor, your thoughts? Your thoughts oh. on like I, I said yeah. to you before the uh, before we came on that I turned around to Dan at 2 0. We'd scored two goals. The atmosphere, as we, we talked about, was as it was. And I said to him, I said, oh, I'm a bit bored. And then the third goal, which we'll go into in a few minutes, um, uh, came. But, you know, it just felt like, oh, Christ. Well, why are you there if you're bored? Give your ticket to a proper fan and let them go and enjoy it if you're bored. <laughs> you're a prick, aren't you? <laughs> well, listen, right. no, but what Dale says, it, it, I, I agree. I mean, it was great to see us tune you up at half-time. And... Exactly what Leanne said. You could see straight away they'd done some work on the set pieces, particularly corners while they've been away, because I think there was only one that didn't beat the front man at the weekend. Every other one reached where Trev, have you have you seen match of the uh, off the day's piece where they were talking about Odegaard and his well, socks? And yeah, well, uh, do you know what? If, if you'd have just kept quiet a minute, I was going to come on to that, but obviously I'm struggling to get a word in as usual. <laughs> you two today. Um, no, it, it's right. But the trouble is, we, we, we you could see it clearly. The, we, oh, he's gone. He's gone. So he spat his dummy out he's now. stormed off. Hang on, my phone's ringing. My phone's ringing. Sorry, Ferg. <laughs> Sorry, Ferg. <Yeah. laughs> the trouble is, we had, we've worked out a lovely move. And it, not only was Odegaard on the edge of the box and possibly calling the shots with his socks and his hand gestures, but Trossard was being a right pain in the backside in the penalty area. He was the designated blocker. He wasn't even looking at the ball. They knew, they'd watched how they defend Corners Palace and Trossard went and stopped the lad playing. And fortunately for Trossard, the lad was never going to push and shove him about. So it worked perfectly. The only trouble is it won't work again because the BBC sent 20 minutes picking out every single move and everything. They did, didn't they? <laughs> so now it's going to be next week. Yeah, well, we've got to think of something else because everyone's going to be watching Trossard, you know. But yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Odegaard's on the left of the box, so it's coming down on the left. Not yeah. Odegaard's on the right of the box. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And 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 that is why I was up. I, I wasn't upset half time. I was still a little bit concerned. I knew we'd win the game at half time, but as Dale just said, and you touched on it, Ferg, we need our forward players scoring goals again. Desperately need our forward players scoring goals again. And in the first half, they hadn't really got looked like threatening the goalkeeper. But as I've always said, we need a plan B. We need a plan B. And maybe, just maybe, Arteta has come up with his plan B without having to buy a striker. 
because he sent Gabriel right up into the box. It's obvious Gabriel's the target. He's obviously been practicing his headering because I'm giving him the second goal as well, Ferg. It was two yeah. great contacts with the ball, right? And 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 if that's our plan B and it's working, thank you very much. I'll take that, you know. But you're right. I was a bit worried at half-time that our forwards hadn't scored. But I thought the second half, although as Dale rightly says, I think Palace packed it in about five minutes before the end, you know. They packed their bags, they were ready for off. But we still had to score them. And I thought Trossard's was a beauty, to be honest. Yeah, it was, and we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, before we do, Alex, um, Plan B is Plan B uh, diving in the box like Jesus did. Of course, that that wasn't really nice to see, and um, I'm glad it didn't work because, I mean, we don't really want to see that kind of stuff. It was it was just a blatant dive for me, um, and not much not much there. Should should the should the referee have carded him for it or? What you are, should VAR get involved? We talk about VAR getting involved, and you can look at the West Ham game. But Jesus Christ, how they couldn't have got involved in that one with penalties and so on. Yeah, should should that be a point where VAR get get involved in the game? I think with how it is right now, I I, I think it would help the game if VAR was to intervene and um, give yellow cards for like blatant dives um i don't think it would have been wrong if if the ref would have yellow carded him for 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 the dive um because there wasn't really much contact um and then he he went down and yeah it was clear what what he wanted from it um but i think it would be a good to implement um the var would be able to like when they review a penalty and and you can see it's a clear dive um, the ref should be able to to then yellow card the the player who's dived. Well, would you uh, been happy if clearly wouldn't be happy, but would you have accepted if Jesus had got a card for that? Hundred percent. I think the I think the problem we've got is the Premier League have made a rod for their own back. How many times do you hear it from commentators, from uh, from fans, from everyone else's? If he goes down in the box, that's given as a penalty. You hear that, right? It's encouraging him to go down, even if he. Even mm -hmm. That's the problem, down. yeah. And also, they haven't punished in the past because they haven't punished in the past. You can't now all of a sudden start halfway through the season and say, "Oh, he dived in the box." So we'll, we'll we'll card in there. They have to take a hard stance on this from the start of the season. So at the end of this season, get all the referees together and say, "Look, we tried to stop diving by saying if you dive, we're going to get a yellow card." We haven't followed through with that. So what we're going to do going into the new season. If we believe there's a yellow card, and what we'll do is we'll get a... Because you can tell within seconds on VAR, right? If someone's dived in the box. One, two replays, 30 seconds, not even that. Wait, give it a go. Get rid of it. Get rid of either book him or don't, or play on. Because ultimately, if they don't do something about it, we can't complain about it. They, they mm. brought this ball no. in to say they'll start, dive, uh, they'll start booking people. Never did. No. Can't disagree. Trev? Oh, no. I have to agree. But you see... You don't stop it. Well, the problem at the moment with challenging all this diving and, and blatant cheating is that people are not challenging what's going on as football. This is going on in football. They wait until it's a team they don't like. Then they plough in on that team. And that's never going to make it better, right? I read a piece by um, Oliver Holt. He's a chief sports writer for the Mail on the Mail on Sunday, I think, right? And he, he, he said clearly, um, 
that it was embarrassing along the lines of it was embarrassing and why didn't VAR step in to give Jesus a red card for diving? So he's not said anything that I don't agree with, right? But Oliver Holt's a well-respected sports writer. I enjoy reading his stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But it ain't going to get better while Oliver Holt waits and picks on Arsenal or waits for that game. What he should have said is, Jesus dived on, on Saturday. So did someone else. So did someone else. Because it would have happened elsewhere. This is a problem with football. How are we going to fix football? But instead, it, it, instead he turned it around and made it appear like, I don't know if it was or not, but it, as a reader, it appeared to me like it was a direct attack on Arsenal. Especially then, when he's a Tottenham fan. The reality come into it, you see. People get jovial about it. Oh, the Arsenal with this, Arsenal with But it's not a problem with Arsenal. It's not a problem with Tottenham. It's not a problem with Man United. It's not a problem with Liverpool. It's a problem with Premier League football. And until we get these high-profile people, right, saying... This is a problem with football and not naming the club. Then we make progress, I think. But they don't get the clicks unless they mention Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. And they're, that's all they're after is the clicks. Um, talking about clicks, uh, you know what I would like? is people to click on this uh, YouTube site. Uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, we're up to uh, sorry, 964 uh, subscribers. Uh, I would love if you'd all go over to our YouTube channel and click and subscribe. Our aim is to get to 1,000. After 1,000, then I might make a couple of pence to pay for like the, uh, the, the channel that we run at the moment. At the moment, uh, we don't make any money. We're not after making any money. We're not after being famous. But um, uh, we'd just like to see if uh, you like what we do, help us pay for it. Um, the next bit of um, footage I'm going to show you, if you're listening back or watching back, will probably get blocked on YouTube. Um, it is the goal, the third goal, and the man for me who should get and be uh, named on the team sheet, not Trossard, I thought he'd done really well, and did Jesus, but uh, David Raya. He's in, he's had loads of conversations about him whether he's better, whether he's not better than uh, Ramsdale. But, um, Alex, I'm going I'm to play this. Can you talk us through this goal and tell me your thoughts on how well David Rea does? Also, he also falls as well. Yeah, I mean, Palace, they started to commit more men forward um, in the second half. And Rea was quick to, to read, read that. And um, he made an incredible throw out to Jesus, who... Um, ran uh, the length of the pitch and squared it to Trossard, who calmly slotted it into the, the back of the net. Really, really uh, good finish by Trossard. Um, but yeah, it all started from Rea. Um, he was quick to read um, that Palace had committed too many men forward and um, he threw it perfectly to, to Jesus. And um, I mean, that's the quality you want to see from from our goalkeeper, whether it's Ramsdale or, or Rea, and um, he really proved his quality in, in this goal, Rea. Um, I thought in general he, he had a good game and um, his distribution um, was really good, apart from in the first half, I think, where he had um, he, he miskicked the, the ball to Jefferson Lerma um, and they had a, a small chance out of that. But I think it was really good in general in this game, Rea, um, and this goal just, just showed it. Dell, it was, it was quite ironic that 
that missed kick that he did in the first half that uh, Alex is referring to also resulted in one of his best saves uh, of the game. What 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 did you think of uh, Raya uh, that save and the provision of uh, assisting pre-assisting um, he'll go down as for uh, Trossard's goal and his general performance? Uh, where are you with Raya? Because we, we we haven't asked you before. I'm I'm still on the fence, if I'm honest. I, I think we one thing we can all agree on is we've got two top quality goalkeepers. So mm. I do not mind who starts in that goal. Of course, I've got my own personal opinion, but I'll go with a gaffer. If a gaffer thinks Reyes is the number one and he's going to play them, then so be it. Going to that save he made from his own mistake, um, I'm always thankful when people make those saves, but I need him to learn from it, right? I need you to learn and go, well, okay, what, what created that? Why did we make that mistake? And that's the big thing for me. So it didn't result in a goal. But credit where credit's due, uh, as Alex mentioned just then, that the, the, that's the first time I can honestly say I've seen him think and go, you know what, I've got to get this rid of this quick. Not and not just not just get rid of it, but with um, direction, with the right pace on it. It was it was the perfect ball to Jesus. Perfect. Hats off to him. Trev, your your thoughts on 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 Raya and um, also. The fact that it, it did go to VAR for offside and the total, again, we talk about it, the total um, lack of communication to us in the stadium. And with the atmosphere being flat, it also made it even flatter by people hanging around waiting for a VAR decision. Yeah, you're right, Ferg. I've, um, I've got no problem, like Dal says, with who plays in gold at the moment. But if we make buying David Rare at the end of the season a priority at 30 or 40 million. If I'm honest, I think with the goalkeeper we already got, I think I'll prefer the 30 or 40 million spent elsewhere. But let's see, you know. Um, as for the VAR, I, I mean, you don't know in the stadium, do you? But when I got home and I watched the game back, my first thought was, well, how on earth did that take two minutes? Yeah, it was how obvious, wasn't it? <laughs> that take two minutes. It was clearly not offside within about two seconds. The only thing I can think of is VAR have now got that bad that they put an extra level of panic in and they refuse. They ref Even if it looks blatantly obvious, they're refusing to make the decision until they've looked at every angle anyway. And, and in a way, yeah, okay, I can accept that. But, but... If it was on the big screen in the stadium, like it is in other sports, that would make it a lot easier for us fans to understand at the time of it happening. And to be honest, in certain circumstances, it might even raise that bloody atmosphere a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if you go to the cricket, then, you know, and you've got like, and, and people make a bit of a noise and a bit of thing about it and everything else. Alex, um, there were some, some substitutions at 69 minutes. Um, Smith Rowe and Martinelli came on. We'll talk about them for Havertz and Trossard. And then also uh, later, um, Rice went off for Jorginho and Gabby, Gabrielle. Uh, sorry, Jesus went off for Eddie Inketia. Gabriel went off for Kivior. Um, I watched as Smith Rowe was warming up, and I just I turned to Dan. And I was saying, "Look, oh please, just let him go. Get him on early. Don't bring him on at eighty-eight minutes like we did against Liverpool. Let's get the guy have a go in the team." What did you think? Um, Smith Rowe's influence was on the game. Did you think he made a, a real influence on that later part of? Um, 
the game? I think um, the game suited him really well when he came on. Um, it was clever substitutions by Arteta. I think uh, both Smithrow and Martinelli, they are at the very best when they've got room to run in. Um, and there was lots of space uh, in behind Palace um, at that time when they came on. So I think in a game like that, that's where Smithrow um, is, is at his best. And um, it was lovely to see how popular he is um, the cheer when he came on. Um, and yeah, I think he did influence the game. Um, I think he had some good moments. Um, and his ball carrying is is just top top. And I think he now now he's playing more as a left eight. I think he is best on that left hand side, um, running running with the ball. Um, and yeah, I just I just want to see more of him. Um, we got a little bit of a taste now, but um, I think. All fans want to see a bit of a bit more of him. If Havertz isn't having his best game, we want Smith Rowe to come in um, and potentially start a game. If um, if that's the case as well, I think he's he's looked good. And reports are saying that he's been training really well. He's been doing well in, in the Dubai training camp. So um, it seems like he's on his way up. Um, and then, of course, with the rumors going on, um, it's the January transfer market. I can see why other clubs are interested, but it seems like he's going to stay for um, until the end of the season. So I just hope he he gets some game time um, in in the rest of the season. Yeah, Trev, I um, I actually I was over the moon. He lifted the crowd when he came on, didn't he? As Alex touched on, and I thought I'll put my neck on the line, and I'll go as far as to say I thought he looked. A better player than Havertz had done for us. I thought his, his movement was better. I know he'd just come on, he was fresh, but he seemed to he find a, a bit of space better. Um, I want to see the boy in the side. I want to see him giving a run. And if it has to be at the expense of Havertz, for me, then so be it. But I want to see Smith Rowe start some games and play, you know, play against a, a starting eleven on a level playing field. And then we can see how far he really has come. I'm excited about him. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that um, Arteta has managed him, much like he managed Martinelli, don't forget, a few years ago. Martinelli didn't get much game time for a long time. Um, but, but I'm hoping that ESR will now get a, a bit more of a look in. I thought he improved this as a side. He found more space. And I'm very happy with the fact that he's, that he's looking better again. Alex, um, not Alex, uh, Del... Um... We're 90, I don't know, I can't remember when the goals were. They were in the 90th minute, I think. The 91st, 94th or something. Yeah, like the, the influence that that lad had on the game, and I've seen pictures on Twitter, and they're putting the stance of Thierry Henry and his, his similar stance. Do you push him into the middle like we did uh, with Henry? I don't know. I think it's still early to say. I think he's. I think we've played him through the, couple, the middle of a couple of times, haven't we? And he just hasn't clicked. I, I don't know. I, I still think it's very early. Um, I wouldn't ever rule it out. But how can you deny it? It was very Thierry Henry-esque, wasn't it, what he did? Mm. It's, uh, twice. like Almost kind of like photocopies of each other. But uh, I don't like comparing anybody to Henry because Henry is Thierry Henry. He's the king, right? Um Similar to Trev, but uh... <laughs> well, what, what, would 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 Trev cheat and stick the ball in the back of the Irish net? 
but no, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's too early to say. Um, I, yeah, give me look right, Dal. I don't know how you boys think, but I honestly still do think there's a problem in the middle with with someone in the middle putting goals in the back of the. But he doesn't score enough goals, right? It's a fact. It showed it again against Palace. Uh, but goals had to come from elsewhere. Um, um, people can pick me off and rightfully so about his work rate and, and his input. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But a centre, a, a football team, a good football team whose centre forward scores the most goals of anybody on the pitch. Wins things, right? Wins things. And at the moment, I, I, well, hopefully they're going to all start coming from elsewhere again. It was lovely. It was lovely. Trossard's goal. I mean, when you think that we hadn't scored a, a, an open play goal for some considerable time, we've been struggling. Five Trossard, games. Yeah. Trossard could have quite easily panicked there and, and made a mess of that. But he finished it absolutely superbly. And then we brought Martinelli on and it's like... Two goals at the same egg, isn't it? You know, but he's cool, calm, collected, finishing brilliantly. But I can't get it out of my head about we need to score more goals down the middle of the pitch. Well, you see, and when we took Jesus off and bought Eddie on, there was no difference. When when Smith Rowe came on, I could see I could see a difference. I could see it liven up. I could see it pick what, up. What, what what did you notice when Smith Rowe came on? I think he finds a bit of space more, Ferg. And it, and it, you see, he's younger. He's desperate, isn't he? He's absolutely desperate to, to be back in that side. So maybe maybe Arteta has played an absolute blinder and not only got him fit as in his injuries, but he's got him fit in here as well, you know? Mm. And he's now desperate to get on that field and perform to a higher level. And I thought he did that when he came on against Palace. And I, I accept that Palace have probably packed it in a bit. I know that they were a bit dejected. I don't think their fans helped them. But the fact of the matter is, you can only go on the playing field and play as you're allowed to play what's in front of you. And I thought ESR mm. did that superbly. Mm, we'll talk about the Palace fans in a minute. Um, so we had two goals from uh, Martinelli. You end up 5-0. Um, it was a bit disappointing. Uh, we talked about it before already. That... A three nil down, that's the uh, the West Stand. Uh, Del fans leaving early. I can understand it when you or Trev need to get back to uh, yeah. the east of England or Manchester or wherever, because Arsenal fans coming from all over the all over the world to get a plane back to Denmark. Maybe in the case of Alex, but it's a twelve thirty in the morning kickoff. Uh, there was no industrial action on the tubes, none on uh, the trains, no doctors on strike, teachers on strike, calf owners on strike. All the pubs were open. Why are we having these empty seats? Yeah, 100% agree. And I'm glad you came to me on this first because after the first Martinelli goal, I had to meet somebody in the concourse. Someone owed me money. So I had to meet me in the concourse before they buggered off. Um, but all in all, you're right. I, mean, I, I don't think there's any reason for anybody to believe in early. It's 12.30, even if people have got plans in the evening or whatever it is, there's no industrial action. What's the, what does it, what does it take, 10 minutes? 10 minutes to sit, to stand behind and, and clap your team and show your appreciation? 
it, the, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of leaving earlier than the slightest, unless there's an absolute Pop- reason to. I said about the Japanese guy um, at the start, like, you know, he was down the front. He was clapping them off. He was uh, he was loving it. Alex, um, any reason bar catching a plane, uh, a train, or but a 12.30 on a Saturday? It's there, shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any reason um, not to stick with the team and clap them off after a good performance. I think, I mean, people can have several reasons and... Some are better than others, but I think all we can do is just encourage um, other fans to stay um, with the team and stay t- until the end of the game because we know that it makes a difference for the team and the players, um, they say say them- themselves, um, it makes a difference. Um, so I think all we can do is just encourage um, other fans and, and speak about it because some fans might might not think about it. They might not think it's important to stay the last five minutes of the game. Um, Trev, you mentioned it's 5-0. We haven't won, as we said, in five games. Um, the place should have been rocking. Uh, it should have been a picture of me dancing on a seat down the front with like a frimmy uh, taking a bitch taking a video of me. Ferg, I wanted to get my tats out and there was no one left in the ground. <laughs> Jesus I knew you were going to get your tats out. <laughs> Hento's got a point there, right? Those empty seats are not necessarily occupied by tourists, and that's that. He's, he's bang on. They're they're season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. You see, I have to sit on the fence a bit here, don't I, Fergus? And you know why? Because I live a long way away from the ground, and eight o'clock kickoffs, I'm I'm ready to go up at the exit. Eight fifteen kickoffs, I'm normally on the concourse at the end, watching the breath blow the whistle, then out the door because I have to get home. But for twelve thirty, but Trev, that's exactly what we said. It's a twelve thirty kickoff. There was no industrial action. There was nothing going on. I'm coming on to it. Calm down, hand of Henri. Slap you about. Um, (laughs) um, You throw me right off track now. Yeah, but it was a twelve thirty kickoff, and even three o'clock kickoffs. And the most important thing for me was a team that's been playing poorly and getting beaten and not scoring goals. Had come to home to the Emirates to their own fans, and scored five goals and won five nil. And I wasn't going to leave that stadium until I'd shown my appreciation to every single one of those players on the field that wanted to come around our way, because you know we know that the, the, the players have said that. That's why, that's why Odegaard comes round because we thank him with with our applause and cheers. Last year, after a five nil win. That ground would have been rocking, would have been rocking, bouncing. They'd have even played North London forever after the game because of the people there were in party mood. And it was a massive drop-off on Saturday. It was like, it was huge. I mean, I would say that at least 5,000 people in that ground missed the fourth goal and probably nearer 10,000 missed the fifth goal. Right, it was that bad. Mm. And I I, I don't, everyone's entitled. You're never going to change it, you know. But once again, the press were at us at the weekend saying it doesn't happen at other grounds, but they always leave early at Arsenal. Complete and utter bullcrap. Oh, it happens at every ground in the country, right? But once again, they pick on the Arsenal. But if I'm honest, I could not work out why they left that ground early on Saturday. 5-0, party time. As you said, Fergus, no rush for a train home. You know, there's a bar opening in the ground after the game if you don't want to get a crush. I, I can't work it. If you go to watch your team, you go to watch your team win. 
And the only thing better than your team winning is your team winning comfortably and scoring lots of goals. Uh, I, I was ecstatic after the game. I wanted to sing and dance and scream and shout. And at 61, I can't do that. I'll have a heart attack. But I looked around me five minutes after the game had ended. I looked around me and I'm on my own. Mm. I'm on my own. You know, you know, you, you know what the really ironic thing or sad thing to a certain degree was that, uh, you know, our good friend um, Del Llewellyn, the, the guy on the Wenger uh, 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 painting up there, um, he had a feature by the side of the pitch before the game and he was in the, uh, uh, the armory afterwards. Okay. And the queue, the queue to get into the armory after the game, I jumped the queue, I just pushed in, but it was... Probably a half hour, forty minutes, and I was listening to some people going, "Right, you attack the kids section. Uh, you see what you can get for such and such a kid and such and such a kid. I'll look at the adult adult section. Um, then we'll go and we'll 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 see how quick the cues are. It 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 is it it's beyond me. I I went to the shop only to support my friend, but I wouldn't have. I thought I'd rather be in in the stadium supporting uh, our great team, especially after five nil. Well, to be honest, I w- I'd rather been in the pub. We couldn't get to our table in the end uh, in the Woodbine because it was um, was taken because we're late. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, I, I got to the ground early, not long after it opened, and then I drank beer. Right, then so I, I watched really... the game, and then after the game, I drank beer, and then I looked at me watch and I, I thought, oh. I ain't got to go home yet. I'll drink more beer. You know what I mean? Then I got on the train and at Grandpa had a 40-minute connection and I was in that good a mood. You know what i done? I went in the pub on the station and drank more beer. And I'm not saying people have to go to football and drink beer. We celebrate the wins. That's why we go. That's why we go. Celebrate the wins. Where did the cider come into that, Trev? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm classing cider as a bit oh, I discovered cider in the Emirates. Cider in the Emirates is very, very, very drinkable. It's out of a tin, but it's very drinkable, as is the cider in the Woodbine, as is the cider in the King's Head, as is the cider in the little pub on Grantham Station. And to be honest, as was the cider we had in the cupboard of my missus moaning at me when I got home. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you think maybe you just had a few too many ciders and they all kind of started tasting the same after a while? Oh, yeah, I'm a cider no. drinker. <laughs> don't matter. Listen, listen, boys. It doesn't matter what a beer tastes like after a 5 0 win, does it? You shouldn't need beer, really. 5 0 win, we, we pay a lot of money to go and watch our team. A load of money to go and watch our team. Jesus Christ. And and I can't understand why you wouldn't want to stay there and clap the boys off after a, after a 5 0 win. Final point on this game. Um, the Ashburton Army, uh, uh, they are in communication. I've spoken to the Holmesdale fanatics. Um, and uh, um, uh, the Holmesdale fanatics managed to get flares in, which you're not meant to be able to get in, and you got lots of banners in. They had a pop at the, um, uh, at, at the Ashburton Army, but they also had a pop at their boyhood fan and... Two, three times manager Alex um, uh, Roy Hodgson. It may be time for him to move on, but I just thought it was a bit classless by the Holmesdale fanatics. I think the the banner was more aimed towards their uh, their owner. What, what's his name? 
Um, he, he was in the stands Tommy as well. Parrish. Agree. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think it was more aimed towards him. Um, I think they've gone from having a younger um, manager in, in Patrick Vieira with bags of potential, um, young team, to um, going back to Roy Hodgson now. And when you look at their, their transfer um, business the last couple of years, um, it it just doesn't look too good for them. Um, they're not really selling their players um, for for a lot of money, and um, now they're ex- just extending their contracts with SA and Olise. They only uh, extended it for one year, so there just there doesn't look to be much much of a future right now for Crystal Palace. Um, I think they're lucky uh, with how bad the other teams are and with the potential points deductions. Um, mm-hmm. in the league because otherwise they might have been um, one of the teams going down. So I think it's just um, a sign of frustration towards the owner and the direction of where Crystal Palace is going as a club at the moment. Dale, I I, I know it was more aimed at uh, Steve, thank you, Leanne, uh, Steve Parrish, um, uh, but I didn't feel that that was clear and I felt it was a bit of a, um, a dig at, at uh, Roy um yes uh they could have uh have a more dynamic manager and everything else but roy hodgson uh, uh saved them from the abyss la- last season and kept them up surely he would deserve a bit more respect do you think um i'll be honest ferg i didn't even it didn't even cross my mind at any point that it was aimed at roy hodgson um okay. i um i assumed it was at the the board um, I assume it's that everybody. Um, I didn't even think about Hodgson until you mentioned it, if I'm honest with you. Um, okay. I don't think there's anything personal there. Um, I actually like it when teams do that because it's very, with these banners, because it's very easy um, to say about it. But how do you get your message across when all you've got is social media? And when you're on social media, um, you, you're not necessarily getting your message across um, to the right people or and you get accused of moaning about it. I think for a collective group of fans to come together like that, uh, I'll take my hat off to them. I, I actually support them. If they feel, and they see it more than what we do, if they feel like their club is rotten to the core, we've had it in our place as well. Granted, we haven't put banners over, but we had the the cronky out uh, marches, you may, you may remember a while back. Time to go, Wenger, time's up and everything else, yeah. Yeah, you've had banners going across on aeroplanes. Fans will do pretty much anything these days. But um, do you remember when they put the banner up, what the Arsenal fans sang? Uh, Vieira. Vieira. They sang Vieira's name. And yeah. did you hear the Palace fans as well? The Palace no, fans sang Vieira's name. So I, I I didn't hear it at the time. But I, I heard it in the telly as well. Yeah, the, the Palace fans were also singing exactly the same song as what the Arsenal fans were singing, which says to me they actually believed in Vieira more than they do um, the current regime. Be that Hodgson, be that the board, whoever it may be. But mm. I support the fans. If, they, if that's the way they get their message across, then I support them. Fair play. Trev, have your final word on this, and then we'll talk about the long break before we go to uh, to Forest away. Yeah, it's uh, to be honest with you, Ferg. I'm with Dow. Um, um, it I, I didn't see that as targeting Hodgson in particularly. I it was targeting the people above him. I thought, and uh, yeah, it, it, Palace fans, the passionate fans. You know, when we play at Palace, that end of theirs, it's full of them them ultra boys as they like to call themselves and they're passionate palace fans mm. and 
They're obviously not happy at the moment. I don't know the ins and outs of their club. But, you know, it sounds harsh, but I'm not really interested in what Palace do. But I didn't get a feeling that was aimed at Hodgson. If I'm if I'm if I'm blatantly honest, it was. It, I thought it was aimed at the club as a whole rather than Hodgson. No, uh, it, it just might be me. I've I've had a one man battle on um, TikTok and Twitter and everything else with a few uh, Palace fans saying I think that they were disrespectful, but it might be just my interpretation being wrong. So I'll, I'll take that on the chin. Listen, um, we've got is it ten days? It's a, a week tomorrow. Um, that we play uh, City away. Um, no, sorry, no. we go to the City ground and play Forest uh, away. Um, Trevor, I've been there twice. Uh, I've seen us playing a white kid I don't like. I've seen us at the end of the last away game of the season with the sun in my eyes, I couldn't see the game. Uh, and my ears were deafened with Mullock and Tyre and everything else that, Forest do. I'm hoping this time, third time lucky, we go up there and get a really good result. What are you hoping for? What well, I know what you're hoping for. What are you expecting um, at Forest on a Tuesday night? Well, I think we're overdue a performance at Forest. I think that the rest, looking at Palace, the rest has done us no harm. So an extra few days are going to do us no harm. I'm hoping to see the same refreshed Arsenal turn up at, 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 at the City ground. And, and get a result, a result that we're long overdue at, at there. Um, I think we're the better football team. I'm biased, I know, but we're the better football team. We've got the better players. It, on a day, if 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 our 11 plays to its full capability and Forest 11 plays to its full capability, then we win all day long, right, in yeah. my view. Mm. So we turn up, we don't boil it, we, we, we play to our best ability our forwards get firing again. I want to see Bukayo score a goal. Bukayo's long overdue. And I think people are gently, only gently, starting to say things that I'm upset with. Because I'll say to my dying day that Bukayo Saka is one of the best young players in the world. And I'm sure he'll score soon. I'm desperate to see that I score a goal. And I think his confidence will come up again. He's only a kid, he remember. But at Forest. I, I'm hoping, for me, I want to see us score a couple of goals and I want to see us keep a clean sheet, Ferg. And we're more than capable of it. Time, we need to bounce back. We need to bounce back and we're right in this championship race. Mm, Alex, oh, we've man, just man. come off 14 out of 20 home wins. Um, people might say that we're not as good as we were last season. Are Forest as good as they were for the last couple of seasons or have they gone backwards? Well, I think they've they've brought in some good players. Um, we'll have to see whether they did that legally or not. But they've brought in a lot of good players, and it's weird with them because it's it's been this season where they they've played a really good game. Um, they won against um, Manchester United. They won. Uh, so first of all, they won against uh, Newcastle away. That was a brilliant performance, and they won against Manchester United, and then they go and lose to Brentford. Um, and it's it's been up and down with them this season, but they've got some good players. And Chris Wood, he's he's having a good season, so we're gonna have to be careful with him. Luckily, we've got some uh, big defenders to to um, sort of manhandle him in in the box. Um, so I mean, like Trev said, we're a much much better team. We should be able to win against them. Um, we just got to take our chances and not give any sloppy mistakes away at the back. Um, and 
continue uh, where we left from from the Palace game and build towards the the Liverpool game, which is the next big one. Dell, um, Everton took uh, some steel. I, I, I built some steel from their ten point deduction and 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 the stuff that went on around them. Now Everton and Forest are dragged into uh, more controversy and possible point deductions. Are you worried that this uh, might give them a bit of bit of fight and and give us a difficult game? Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm worried about their situation, but I'll tell you what I am concerned about, if we underestimate them. I mm. was looking at speed with you guys last year, and that atmosphere at Forest was deafening. Their fans it was, were wasn't absolutely it? electric, and you could feel it. Not just hear it, you could feel it up and down your spine, your arms, and it, and it was an intimidating place to go. 26,000 people, and as Heath yeah. just put up there, 26,000 or 29,000 people and they made more noise than bloody Wembley on an FA Cup final. I tell you, it was unreal. Yeah, but exactly. don't forget, right? As Alex said earlier, that crowd, though they are a good crowd at Forest, I'm not pulling them about it. But the, the last twice we've played there, the crowd has been unbelievable at Forest because they've sensed that we haven't turned up and that they've got a sniffer beating us. If Alex said earlier, if we go out there and play out of our skins for the first 10 minutes, don't even have to score a goal. But if we play out of our skins, keep Forrest under pressure, put them on the back foot, then that brings the crowd down a notch mm. or two, you know. They are a great crowd. I'm not arguing that point, Dale Ferg. But the last twice we've been there, they sensed. They knew that we hadn't turned up. Yeah. And that lifted them. If we get an early goal in this game, it could well be some of the scores I'm seeing in the comments, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, whatever it may be. If we underestimate them, we go there thinking we're going to win 3-0, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to, as, as fans say, for me personally, these next two games are the difference between being in a title race and not. And by that, if we don't beat Forest, Liverpool could potentially be eight points clear of us by the time we play them. If we don't then beat Liverpool, we're out of it. So these two, these next two games are absolutely massive. Let's not underestimate any of these. Are, 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 we, are we not out of it if we don't beat Forest? Potentially, yeah. We, eight points, no. we could be eight points behind at that point. Eight points yeah. behind, because it's not just about us going on to score, uh, to, to win eight, uh, to get those eight points back. Bearing in mind, eight points in a team which we're saying we're underperforming up top. We're not scoring enough goals against the Liverpool team, which can't stop scoring goals up front. It's not just us about us getting those points back. It's about them dropping those goals. And they're mm. on fire, let's face it, right? So the game against Forest, for me, is our biggest game of the season so far. The, 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 after that, the game against Liverpool is then our biggest game of the season by far. At the end of that Liverpool game, and you can quote me on this, ask me then if we're in the title race, and I'll tell you a straight out yes or no. Because I think at that point there, we'll know a lot more than what we don't know. Are Alex, we in the title race now? Are we in the yes. title race now? Yes. Of course yes. we are. And, and win, lose or draw at Forest. I mean, we're going to win at Forest, obviously. But win, lose or draw at Forest, we're still in the title race. And we're still in the title race. We've got to be careful here, boys. We don't want to be like these social media keyboard warriors, you know what I mean, who have been celebrating and... And, and having parties over the fact we've lost a few games and getting all their clicks in quick and saying, oh, Tetra. Right you know? That works in our favour. That for People thinking like we're a, a wounded animal can potentially work in our favour. No, um, I'm not talking people... about opposition fans, Dale. I'm talking about, I'm not calling fans. I'm talking about people who purport to be supporters of the Arsenal that are waiting, waiting, waiting. For us to drop a few points, then they're on that social media straight away. 
right? They're on that social media, calling us this, calling us that, calling us this, yeah. calling us that. Now, we've won a game again. It'll all die down. And if we win at Forest next week, they'll all disappear again. Because they're not fans. They're not fans. They're just a, a sad undercurrent that we carry associated, unfortunately, to our wonderful club, you know? Yeah, the, right. the reality oh, is I think right. every club has them. I really do think every club has them. I see it from all sides. Fergus, from you. Fergus going absolutely Fergus, ballistic. He's going, he's going like this. He's going, I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, Trev, you booked me on mute again, didn't you? People we know, people we know, people we meet. <laughs> <laughs> people we know, people we meet, people who stand there and sing the songs. We got Super Mikel Arteta and uh, we won the league at Anfield on block five are on social media going, we're crap at this, we're crap at that, we need to do this, we need to do that. And all of a sudden, we win 5 nil. they're going, oh, that's brilliant. We have five goals, that's fantastic. For click, 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 ka-ching. And I, I, honestly, I, I'm friends with some of these people. But I don't like what they do. I do not like what they listen, do. Ferg, listen, right. I'm going to no get in trouble team, aren't I, Trev? <laughs> unless they're an Arsenal team in 2004, no team goes unbeaten. We have good stages and bad stages. Fans, not even real fans, fans of the club support the club. We have a lose, we have a win, we have a lose, we have a win. We're a bit disappointed, we have a moan and we pick up again. They're fans. That's what we are. Supporters yeah. fans. These people that hide, they hide, they lurk under the under the surface of wins and wins and wins. And one one or two defeats, boom, they stick their head in front. Arsenal are crap. I'm not supporting them anymore. I'll touch her out. What, Jesus is crap. Is crap. No, they're not fans. The people that, you know, some of them have got like half a million followers on social media. That's the problem they have. That's How the problem. Exactly that. That is exactly the problem. The big, the more clicks they get, both positive and negative interaction, the more money they earn. The, 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 these people get worse the more followers they get. One, I don't even really want to say on his name on here. His, 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 his no, surname, he calls himself Gunner. Freedom. No, you know what I'm talking about. I cannot no. stand the guy. There's plenty no, of them. We don't give, Dale, listen, son. I've got to pull you, son. We don't give their names on this, on this show. That's what mate. I didn't say. It we didn't say. It. Don't give yeah. them the airtime. I mean, it's hard enough putting up with Fergus, but, I, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I didn't say any names, but I think we know, we know what we're talking about here. And these are the people here. They're making money off this. They put Please. these reactions on there, not necessarily because it's, it's their thoughts, but because it gets interactions. And when it gets interactions, they get followers. The more followers they get, the more money they get. Hopefully people can... If, the, if, if one or two of them people are watching this show now and listening to me, it'll be my face all over social media tomorrow. They'll be picking on me. And do you know what? I could not give a damn. Because one thing I would always... Well, you, all us four here would always be able to do as Arsenal fans, right? One thing we will always be able to do is hold our heads up high, right? Because we are in the media in a very small way, very tiny portion, right in the corner of, of the media. But we're here and we can hold our heads up high. Because we support our great club. We're not afraid to call it out if we have to. But at the end of the day, and, we support our great club. And before Alex comes in on this, that's why we got only 964 subscribers. <laughs> yeah. We don't have 15,000, 20,000, a million or whatever subscribers. Because we speak it as we find it. We, it, it, The whole premise of when I started this, when it was an audio in November 2017, was... 
having a beer, which we're doing now. Um, and um, yeah, even Danish, uh, it's, it's not Carlsberg, is it? Tuborg. Tuborg. Okay, that's all right. Um, but having a beer, having a chat and talking about the Arsenal. Basically, after a game, you go down the pub afterwards. And we, like we did in the King's Head, um, uh, Trev, we put the worlds to rights and then we move on and we live our week. And then we come back to the football two weeks later and we talk about it. And it's just so good for you. Alex, your thoughts on, on, on all that? Yeah, um, I just, I might be naive, but I just hope that people out there can distinguish and see the difference between people who just do it for the money and do it for the clicks and all that. And then the other competent people like uh, someone like Harry Simeo, who's a, a brilliant journalist and writes stories and do a brilliant job reporting on the Arsenal. So I just hope that people can can see the difference between um, those two types of um, b- people that make Arsenal content out there. Great shout, great shout, and a good shout out to Harry as well, friend of the show as well. But he is um, a guy who started off doing exactly what we're doing right now, and he gave up his job, a good job in the city, similar job to what uh, you do, Dale, um, in the city. And he gave that up, and he started from absolute scratch, living on his savings, and he's made a career being a genuine sports journalist. He's now a talk sports, Sky Sports, BT Sports, He's doing lots and lots. Listen, uh, before we finish up, transfer window. Ivan Tony came out in foam gate and everything else, and he's uh, moving the lines and moving the balls. And Dale, do you want Ivan Tony? Is he is he still a cheat? <laughs> you know what, right? Uh, no, I'll I, I take him all day long. He scores <laughs> goals, right? We need a goal scorer. We need a goal scorer. He scores goals, right? If it takes a little bit of shit houseery every now and then, do it. So I see plenty on there saying he cheated. How did he cheat? The ball didn't move any further forward. Yes, it he did. Might have it did. It did go about six inches forward. So, but have you seen people taking corners? The line's there and they move the ball there. But it's because it's no, still no, touching no, the no. line. It's all right. So what is, was it still touching the line? If it's still, if it's only six inches, the answer is yes. But he 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 moved the line as well. <laughs> well how's he got a spray can? I, I, no, I don't know. Lift, I, 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 I don't see the foam the and lift, moved it. He lifted the foam and moved it. Oh, did he? I didn't see that, but you know what? If if your player does that, we laugh about it just like we are now. It's uh, you, you tell me, people are people are diving, people are uh, doing all sorts of behind the scenes, right? He's done nothing more than what anybody else would try. He's not tried to hide it, is he? He's he's done it in plain sight. Last time he tried to hide it, so he, does he score goals? Yes, he does. Um, just to to touch on the transfer window, I think yeah. that's quite obvious. We need a striker. The question I've got for you guys, I'd love to see everyone's opinion on this. If it meant not going on all the way this season and, and maybe coming second or third in the league because we're lacking Claire in there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so she's just putting stuff in. <laughs> He's still there. Hello, Claire. Hello, Claire. Um, we're so professional on this podcast. <laughs> I should get one of them on-air things that Fergus has got on the door. But the question I would ask is, um, would you sacrifice uh, a striker this window if it meant getting a significantly better striker or uh, uh, in, in the summer. Um, someone asked me this the other day and I said, well, at the moment, no, I wouldn't because I believe we can still win this title. And if we get 20, uh, 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 10, 15 goal a score season scorer between now and the end of the season, I think we can win the league. But she's, if we don't... She's totally blustered you, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah, she has, yeah. <laughs> and she's gone now, so... But um, do, do what... 
would I wait? I, I don't know. I think we, we definitely need a striker. I think we all agree on that. But throwing it back out to you guys, what, what's your <laughs> thoughts? He's gone into Jamie mode. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I put my hat on purposely so I didn't look like him. But <laughs> I have a very simple outlook on these transfer windows. Right, I, I know we we in my opinion. I'd love to see a big a striker come to the Arsenal. But I remember something that Arteta said. Was it? I don't know if it was the last winter window or the one before. Arteta clearly said, I will not buy anyone if they do not improve Arsenal Football Club, right? Correct. I struggle to see anybody that's available in this transfer window. Tony won't leave Brentford, I'm sure. I struggle to see anyone that's available in this transfer window. So I trust Arteta. And that takes me right back to where we started in, and, and just cements my view at the moment is that they've realised that we're not scoring enough goals before we went on this winter break, right? They've, clearly, they've seen it. Clearly, they've been worried about the, the, the ball going in the onion bag, right? And they've gone away and they've worked on the set pieces because open play, you can't always work out, right? Open play is open play. The ball bounces off the ref. The ball bounces off a defender and goes the wrong way or, you know, the ball boy don't throw the ball in quick enough. So you, open play is difficult. One thing you can work on a plan is set pieces, right? And it was very clear against Palace that our whole outlook to set pieces had changed. So for me, I'm not unhappy at the moment and I don't want us to sign a striker just for the sake of him being a striker. Alex, um, Ivan Tony. if you look at transferred marked, um, he's valued at 30 million euros. Ollie Watkins, uh, another similar player who came uh, through the ranks at Brentford and everything else, is valued at 55 million euros. Um, we know we need a striker and it would be somebody, Osman, Watkins or Tony are the elk of striker we need. Do you pay 100 million pounds to get Ivan Tony? In January, I think hundred million pounds is too much, and I think the fact that everyone else, uh, every other club, know that we need a striker makes it more difficult because mm. it would just drive everyone's prices up. Um, for me, an interesting one is uh, Benjamin Sesko from Leipzig, who's he's I'd say he's the profile we're look we're looking for. He's got that similar to to Haaland build big strong fast good finishing and he's got a release clause of 50 million euros so i think he'd be an interesting one to get um during the summer um, is he that chap i put in the whatsapp group uh, in the week there was that video clip where they're talking about different strikers and he might have no. been i can't remember yeah. he might have been um but i think um we shouldn't just rush out and get a striker because we've we've um had a bad patch where we couldn't really score um and so yeah, so so do you stick a twist in the transfer window do you buy somebody or not um i might get a uh like a versatile defender because i think we're a bit short at the back um especially when um sinchenko has been dealing with a bit of injury problems and then if kivio has to to cover for him what happens if gabriel gets injured we've got no one to play there um so I think maybe um, get a short-term loan for a, a versatile defender who, who'd be be able to um, to cover there. Um, we don't know when Timber's going to be back. Hopefully, he'll be able to play oh, this actually. season. 
seems yeah. like it's um it's going the right way uh but i don't see us signing anyone apart from from a defender this this transfer window Fog, yeah. Fog, i know you want to play the music mate right but i've just got to put this point up from hente right because in our drunken you stupor, can talk because I want to find that music I've, I, I, I right. put up this morning. In, in our drunken stupor on Saturday, we briefly touched on this. And by the way, Hente, 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 I don't know how you pronounce your name, mate. I do apologize. He's a wonderful contribution, contributor to the world of Twitter or X as they now call it. Find him and follow him. If you like stats about the Arsenal, you like interesting facts about the Arsenal, follow Hente. Top man. Thank you for what you do. But the point you make here, right, is really interesting. Tony or whoever, age of seven, seven, 27, shouldn't be an obstacle. It's the last sentence that gets me, right? We can't build a project forever, right? Which is, we talked about it at the weekend. How long has Arteta been there now? Four years? Yeah, so it's, when, it's December, it'll be four years, yeah. So when does it stop being a project and start becoming an expectation? How long yeah. does it get, boys? For, for me... Um, I'm now at the expectation state, uh, stage. I'm expecting, um, I'm expecting results. I'm expecting trophies. I'm expecting at least to be in a proper challenge. And the way I've seen it over Christmas and the way we fell away, I wasn't happy. Plus, I don't like the way some things have been dealt with in the sense of the, the Ramsdale Raya sort of stuff. Um, I would say if, okay, this season would almost be not a buy, but you can get away with it. But if he's not doing it by the end of next season, then for me, we need to be seriously considering where we are and what he's doing. He's had five years. We all said, I can remember on this podcast, we said he'll need five years and six or seven transfer windows or whatever, Trev. Yeah. I mean... We none of us forget the mess that Mikel Arteta inherited, right? Both on the pitch and off the pitch, both upstairs and downstairs, right? None of us forget that. We all know the massive job he had. We also know how big a job it was for a young manager, right? And I have every faith in Arteta still. Don't take this from me as a criticism. Far from it. I have every faith in Mikel Arteta leading us to trophies. But it is an interesting point that we make, that, that's made. It, it, it's been called a project, right? It's been called, a, 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 for want of a better word, I don't know. We, well, it is a project, right? But when does it stop becoming a project in planning? And when does the fruition come? You know, four years for me is okay with what he took on. If it goes to five years and towards six years, then I'm starting to think, Okay, should he have sorted it by now? Probably yes. But at the moment, I have no problem with Mikel. I don't want it to be anyone to think I have. Del? Briefly? Uh, it's a good point. I think regardless of the project, I know we're building a young team and things, you still need experienced players in there. And sometimes the most experienced players you need are the ones who are going to put the ball in the back of the net. It's... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm convinced Arteta is the man. Um, yeah. I do think there are certain um, areas that he is stubborn on, but we'll go back to the the Raya situation. Do we really need to sign Raya for 35, 40 million if we've got budget, limited budget elsewhere? I don't know, but that's not my job to know. Oh, regardless, I mean, I, I, 
I don't really have an opinion on it. I, as long as we're playing good football, we're in the running for trophies. Sometimes you need a bit of luck on your side. Um, yeah. but, but I trust the board. I trust the, I trust the judgment. And I just want uh, in the summer to see Edu start stoking that barbecue up. Because um, if, if we get a feel good sign, and it's a, it's a good place to be. Alex, final thought? Yeah, I think it's a balance where, of course, we can't keep building this project forever. We need it to come into fruition. But at the same time, um, there are certain factors that sort of limits limits us this season. I think he brought in, I think he, he identified Sinchenko as a potential weakness. Um, and I think he brought in Timber to improve our team and for him to be out um, for most of the season, of course, uh, is, a, is a big big hit to take. But um, I do think we are at that stage where we need to put the final pieces of the puzzle together um, and really um, buy the top, top players like we did with Rice. Uh, we need to buy that kind of player as a striker, um, uh, in my opinion, for us to, to go um, and win the title. I think we can still potentially win the title this season as well, but I think we just need that, that lethal striker um, to take us over the line. You say we can win the title. Can we win the title of the Champions League, which is the easiest one? Uh, all of you, uh, one answer. Uh, which one do you think is easier or more achievable? Alex, ty- uh, um, title or Champions League? The Champions League is more achievable, from, uh, to, uh, in my opinion. Trev? Champions League is, it sounds harsh, Champions League is an easier competition to win. Dale? Champions League. I think we've said it before. There's not a team in that competition over two legs we can't beat. Yeah, Trules, I, I agree both, but I, I, I honestly have a, this feeling in my water that a Champions League with like we, we, we Porto are no mugs. Don't We're get me going to Wembley. Listen, when we get when we get to Wembley, we'll fill it. We'll fill it with these. We'll fill it with scum. your final say go on mate i've got two things to say tonight fergus we've been very naughty oh look at them my pictures look good um very <laughs> straight um two things to say tonight fergus that's cropped up tonight mate is that firstly we're very naughty we forgot to name our man of the match for crystal palace and it was in it was important for me that we did that tonight unfortunately i had it written down because William Saliba gets so much, so much, so much credit for the great player that he is. And I won't take a, a bit away from him. But we've also got a central defender that plays beside him, right? He's absolutely superb and he's killing it every week. And he's not getting quite the recognition he deserves, right? The recognition he deserves. So man of the match for me against Palace by a country mile, right? Gabriel. By a country mile, Gabriel. Absolutely superb, right? Have to agree. 
absolutely superb and the last thing right look at that rendition of north london forever that was before the game against palace right that was a bad day and i'm telling you now that sounds that good and there are still still less than half the people in that stadium singing north london forever right there are still people talking over it and ignoring it or just standing there with their arms crossed it's our anthem it lifts our players our players admit it lifts them. Our manager admits it lifts them. Our owner has said how much he's recognised the change in the club, right? And if that doesn't make you want to sing North London forever, then you've got a question, right? Are you a top, top Arsenal fan? Because you may be an Arsenal fan. You may be a top Arsenal fan. But are you a top, top Arsenal fan? Because that only lifts our team. And we go to the game, all 60-odd thousand of us. Go to that game of football to lift the Arsenal and watch the Arsenal win a game of football, right? That's why we go. And if that song is doing the business, which it undoubtedly is, everyone needs to be singing it. So come on, guys. I can't make you sing it, but I can ask you, you know? Yeah, I, I have to agree. There's a video in our WhatsApp group is also attached to where I put this on Twitter. Um, somebody added another angle. And there's... A couple of lads who are standing there, like they're our age, Trev, and they're standing there having a chat. And there's a couple of um, clearly uh, people who haven't been there very often, putting the scarf up and joining in. I, I, Fair, listen, they, listen they, to Trev. They actually raised their voices, didn't they? Yeah. So that they could talk to each other above North London forever, shouting, "Come on, yeah. give us a break, guys! Give us a break!" And if you're not going to sing it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But just respect it. Just yeah. respect it because it's here to stay. And it has a massive effect on our football team, the way they play. Right? It does. Just respect it. On that note, Jamie, thank you very, very much for joining us, <laughs> as always. I'm glad you've taken time off Sky Sports and uh, Talk Sports and everything else. And, uh, you know... It, pleasured us with your presence um it's really really good to have you on uh i look forward to seeing you at the liverpool game for a few beers and it is my birthday that day so get ready birthday. To get you didn't say you should have said <laughs> it is my birthday yes it's my birthday alex uh, i will see you in 11 days can't wait mate it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. i might drink some cider as well you might drink some cider. Of the day. I and, am uh, a cider drinker. <laughs> Trevor, up the arse. Fuck the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. I'm going to come back. Uh, some of those comments that were put up there about top podcasts and great show. Yeah. You know what? Um, I don't know how many you're still watching, but that really does mean a lot to us. You guys you... out there that put them kind of comments, right? I, I can speak for Fergus here. Fergus and myself have grown very close since we started doing this podcast together, right? And 
he works his nuts off this Fergus. I'd, I'd love to see us get above that thousand subscribers for no other reason than Fergus is me mate, and I know it means a lot to him. But you people putting in comments, thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means, and it will stop him bloody nagging at me all week. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>